Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Do you want to take your health and nutrition to the next level? What if you could do this by growing your own superfoods at home easily, quickly, and at the cost of just a mere few cents per serving? My guest today is going to teach you all about the power of nature's ultimate superfood. Doug Evans, also known as the Sprout Wizard, is an early pioneer in the health food movement. After losing his father to heart disease and his mother to cancer, and then watching his brother fight with diabetes and suffering three strokes, he became the co-founder of Organic Avenue, one of the first organic cold-pressed juice and plant-based raw food retailers in the United States. Doug was also the founder of Juicero, the first at-home cold-pressed juicing system. In his best-selling book, The Sprout Book, Doug teaches us about the power of sprouts as an ultra food for health, weight loss, and optimum nutrition, and about a plant-based way of eating that is sustainable, low-cost, and accessible. summer and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Doug, it's so good to welcome you here on the Superhumanized podcast. Thank you for being with us. Oh, my my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to, to talk to you about superhuman sprouts. Absolutely. I This is a topic that I've been fascinated with for a long time. I used to sprout. I wish to start sprouting again, so I can't wait to really go deep with you on sprouting today. Another thing that I really like, uh, those uh, listeners who have been with me for a while listening to this podcast know I am plant-based or AVAP, as vegan as possible. And so I always love to talk to people who are on a similar journey. How and why did you become vegan, Doug? Initially, my aunt got diabetes and they chopped off her feet below her ankles. Mm -hmm. And that was really devastating. And then my uncle died of heart disease. And then my mother got stomach cancer. Then my father got heart disease. And then my brother became obese, diabetic, had three strokes and a heart attack. And I realized that these were not genetic um, illnesses, that these were lifestyle illnesses, and that plant-based would be an effective way of reversing or preventing um, chronic illness. So that was my main kind of thrust into it. And then I fell in love with the animals and I became aware of a lot of the hypocrisy around one animal is a pet and another envelope, another animal goes on the plate. And I felt like that just didn't make sense. So I really took up the love for the animals and the compassion for the animals. And then obviously the whole a climate crisis. So really for me, it's the trifecta of 
of my own personal health and the health of others and the animals and then the environment. Wonderful. And that resonates so much with me, Doug, as well. I used to eat so much meat. I healed myself switching to a plant-based diet. And I realized that everything I cared about, you know, social justice, animal welfare, the environment, all these things were connected with what I put on my plate. It resonates deeply with me. When actually on your vegan journey, did you discover the power of sprout? So it's interesting. I was sprouting and eating sprouts before I was vegan. Mm -hmm. So about 25 years ago, I learned about sprouts and I started growing wheatgrass and alfalfa sprouts and occasionally sunflower sprouts. But I was fascinated by them because it's just the idea that you could take a seed, add water, and then it would grow. And then 22 years ago, I went from eating anything to vegetarian, vegan, and raw vegan. And so it's been quarter century being tuned in and turned on to sprouts. Amazing. And I've heard a lot about, and I know many of the listeners probably have read a lot about the nutritional benefits of all these different trendy superfoods or leafy greens or any type of herbs. Why are sprouts actually the most nutritious food on the planet? I think a sprout is basically without seeds, there'd be no life on the planet. So seeds are the beginning. And when you germinate a seed, you sprout a seed, you're unleashing all this stored energy and life force that's within them. So for example, like when you sprout a lentil, like lentils are healthy. They're the staple of the plant-based diet around the world. But most people, you know, cook them. So most lentils are being cooked, right? For me, I sprout the lentils. And the research that I did around sprouting lentils is that you double the antioxidant levels, you triple the vitamin C, and you quadruple the soluble and insoluble fiber. So this little dormant organism, a single lentil can actually become this super nutritious food. And When it's sprouted, it's enzymatically rich, it's powerful. Every color of lentil represents a different antioxidant level, whether it's beta carotene or anthocyanidin or chlorophyll if it's green. So it's really powerful parts. But what happens is that when a vegetable gets larger and larger, it's getting more water. Mm -hmm. It's getting more fiber, but it's not getting more of the micronutrients, phytonutrients, or even polyphenols or the glucosinolates. Mm -hmm. That these individual compounds are in the small seed. And as the seed grows into a sprout and a microgreen and into farm level um, maturity, that the concentrations of these glucosinolates actually is getting diluted. Mm -hmm. And so in the small form, you have something that's very bioavailable and it's super packed. There's no, there's nothing extra in there. Like it is jam packed and it's designed because of the way nature worked to go from a dormant seed into a sprout without soil, without sunshine, without fertilizer. So this sprout has everything within the endosperm and the embryo packed within there. So when you're eating these, 
it's almost like eating little stem cells that are fresh and vibrant versus eating decaying cells that are on the end of their life journey. Outstanding. And that makes total sense. And in your book, The Sprout Book, you actually take a deep dive on all of that. I've been absolutely fascinated by the numbers that sprouts have 20, correct me if I'm wrong, 20 to 30 times the nutrients of other vegetables, a hundred more times than meat. Are these the dimensions we're talking about? Yeah, easily. If you think about meat, meat contains no fiber, no vitamin C, no polyphenols, that meat is like the end product. Like Mm -hmm. the protein in meat and the nutrients in meat come from plants, right? The cows are not eating other cows. They're eating plants. So to have the direct source to the plants without waste, without indigestible fats and cholesterol, like the sprouts are just the the creme de la creme. Like they're they're the uh, uh, optimum vegetables. And my insight, when I started to eat a lot of sprouts, I stopped eating mature vegetables mm-hmm. that I was able to grow my own sprouts on my own kitchen countertop. And so I, I had a vegetable garden with a fresh harvest every day. That's the fascinating thing that most people have never had any fresh, truly fresh veg. If they're getting them in the supermarket, they could be days or weeks or even a month old. But when you're sprouting, you're getting a fresh crop every day that you get to consume. It doesn't get fresher than that. And you brought up something really important. People who are not acquainted with sprouting, they may think, oh my God, it's complicated in space and whatnot. You actually really don't need much space. And it doesn't really matter which environment you're living in. I mean, for example, for those people who don't know this about you, you live in the Mojave Desert. You are. And so I would like to go into the details of sprouting just in a few minutes to get some really hand on tips. I'd like to talk a little bit more, though, about some of the really fascinating effects that sprouts can have and that science actually also now corroborates. Let's talk about the anti-inflammatory effects and correct me if I don't pronounce this wrong, the isothiocyanates, the ITCs, and also their anti-carcinogenic effects. Yeah. I mean, basically it's been well known and well studied for decades that the cruciferous family of vegetables contain glucosinolates, Mm -hmm. which are the precursor to a compound called sulforaphane. Mm -hmm. And so that was well known. About 25 years ago, in the lab at Johns Hopkins University, they were searching for how they could test the impact of these anti-cancer properties of these cruciferous vegetables. And turned out at the top of the chain, was broccoli sprout. And then at the top of the broccoli sprout chain, they were looking for which variety of broccoli had the most of the glucosinolates and the precursor to the sulforaphane, the glucoraphanin. And it turns out that it wasn't which type of broccoli or which stage of broccoli, it was that the broccoli sprouts had the most. It was defined. And then there was a whole level where people were trying to patent broccoli sprouts and broccoli seeds, and those got kiboshed. And the defense mechanism, like a normal mammal can defend itself, right? By 
running, attacking, biting. Plants do not have the, the mechanism. They are no quote, they are planted, right? They are grounded. So nature, in order for their survival, used chemical mm-hmm. in the plants to provide their protective mechanism. So if an insect would come and bite, the, the plant would make a chemical reaction mm-hmm. that would be not so pleasing for the insect and the insect would go away. Otherwise, they, they would just have a party and eat all the vegetables and the vegetables would die. So those protective mechanisms for the plant, which could be toxic for small insect, turns out to also be um, toxic to weak cells in the body that may be derivatives of cancer or other disease-causing reaction. So the most potent of these is this sulforaphane. Mm -hmm. And Basically, and I'm not a scientist. I work very closely with Dr. Jed Fahey from Johns Hopkins, who did all of the work on the broccoli sprouts. But basically, the chemical is the precursor to even the antioxidant. Mm-hmm. And that when you consume them, like in the case of autism, the glucosinolates and the sulforaphane create heat shock proteins in the body. And turns out when someone who is autistic is experiencing a temperature that is above normal or the simulation through heat shock proteins, it reduces their symptoms of autism. So that's a powerful, turns out the impact of the sulforaphane on detoxifying the lungs, Mm -hmm. it opens up the NRF2 or NERF pathways and detoxes benzene from the lung. So it's actually able to extract these toxic, long-term damaging impact from smoking and air pollutants out of the body. And similarly, when there's cancer cells, that the sulforaphane actually kills cancer cells. So the way that this is working, and there's been probably more than 2,500 peer-reviewed published papers on sulforaphane, broccoli sprouts, most of the work that they're doing because it's a lab setting in clinical trials, they're actually from the broccoli seeds or the broccoli sprouts. They're not actually feeding broccoli sprouts to the, the patients in the trial. But the fact is the bro- that it's coming from broccoli. It's coming from the broccoli seeds. What they want to do is be able to consistently measure the dosing which is why they do an extracted form so they could, in most medical things, they want to do things with pills or things that are highly measurable. But the work says that if you're taking 200 grams, four ounces or so of broccoli sprouts every day has an amazing And in, in the case of diabetes, type one, type two, gestational diabetes, broccoli sprouts regulate spikes in insulin levels. And so I di- I've been working with the two founders of Mastering Diabetes. One is a PhD nutritional biochemist from Stanford. And basically, they, they are disputing almost all common knowledge around diabetes, where mm-hmm. they believe that if you're diabetic, less than 30 grams a day of fat, high amounts of fresh produce 
fresh fiber, plant-based, no salts and oils and fats, and that you can reverse or arrest your diabetes. And out of all these different foods that they talk about, broccoli sprouts and sprouts in general are the number one part because they're low fat, they're high protein, they're high fiber, they're high antioxidants, high bio, high polyphenolics. And so it's amazing that this medicinal food is available for pennies a serving and you can partner with the, the food to grow it. So in my world, when I look at sprouts for 20, 20 years, 21 years, I looked at sprouts as just a garnish or like this healthy. And then when I moved to the Mojave Desert and to Joshua Tree, it was sprouts shifted in my brain from being a garnish to being the center of the plate. And I went from eating like alfalfa sprouts and mung bean sprouts to alfalfa, azuki, arugula, radish, clover, broccoli, all sorts of lentils, peas, hemp. So I was sprouting dozens of varieties of seeds. And most of my caloric intake was coming from sprouts. So I would love, and I'm sure the listeners would love to hear this too. So when you're talking about that, most of your food, most of your caloric intake comes from sprouts, how would a typical, let's say dinner look like? What, in what form do you consume the sprouts just as they are? Maybe with some dressing, do you make different, I know you also have a recipe, but do you make different recipes out of them? How does that look like? How can we imagine that? Yeah. So basically people look at sprouts as them being lightweight, <laughs> but the reality is they are like packed with nutrients, calories, proteins, amino acids. So even like one handful, right? Call it eight ounce cup of sprouted garbanzo beans is 250 calories and over 20 grams of protein. Wow. So my method of eating them is generally sprout salads, right? Yep. So I will replace leafy greens and, and lettuces with broccoli and alfalfa and radish and clover. And then I'll add in some of the protein sprouts, soy sprouts, garbanzo sprouts, lentils, and they're really hearty, right? They're predominantly water-based and fiber-based but they've got a crunch, they've got texture, and they're jam-packed with nutrients. And then it's very common for me to make my own dressing. So you can make sprouted sesame into tahini, which is a great calcium-rich, vitamin C-rich, um, high-protein-rich paste. And then you add a little bit of water and you can get a dressing. So I'll make a dressing with tahini I'll add it on top. Then I'll buy from the outside world an avocado or so, put that in there, mash it together, and then I roll it in nori seaweed mm -hmm. and I make wraps. And it's interesting that if you sprout chia and flax, they are very good sources of medium chain omega-3 fatty acids. Mm -hmm. And if you combine that with the nori, you're getting the EPA, the DHA, and the ALA, and you're getting all of your omega-3s from plant sources. So a lot of people will say, where do you get, where do you get, you need to eat salmon or fish oil in order to get omega-3s. And my response is, where does the fish 
get their omega-3s and they're getting it from algaes, aka seaweeds. Yes. You know, and the fact that there are a land-based vegetables like chia and flax that also have very strong amounts combined in it makes it a very complete offering for someone. Now I've been 22 and a half years raw vegan, predominantly raw vegan, all vegan. And I'm in the best physical, mental, spiritual shape of my life. Mm. And I feel so many people are obsessed with food, right? Yes. What are they going to eat? Where are they going to eat? They're fantasizing about processed food and yes. other things. And the transition for me also involved water fasting. Mm -hmm. So after a water fast, if you're hungry, like a lot of people in our country are not that hungry because they're, they have a lot of stored fat on their body and they're eating emotionally or addictively to processed food, refined food item. But if you're able to look at food from a perspective of nutrition and health, mm -hmm. then your decisions become very clear and sprouts become the first choice, like they're the first choice. It makes total sense, Doug. And what you just described with the sprout salad that you then wrap and nori wraps, that made my mouth water. It also makes a lot of sense that you were talking about the water fast because these types of healing interventions that we can undergo, they reset our cravings, our palate, and we're actually much easier to make, it's much easier to make a transition that for many people might seem radical, especially or insurmountable rather, because they've just lived a life so completely different for decades. I have used sprouts in the past. I've sprouted in the past. I know that once we have completed our conversation, I will go out in the garage and pull all my sprouting equipment out again. And I even have seeds. Convenience. Oh, I'm going to buy at the grocery store. Truth is, The produce in the grocery store is often weeks or even months old. I mean, with sprouts, maybe not months, but it can be quite old. And there's all kinds of problems that come with that. Let's talk about the sprouting process and take a little bit out of the trepidation, potential trepidation, out of the listeners' minds. What yeah. is What are the steps that people could take if they just get started on that journey? I just want to just make one point first that I think today in 2022, depending on when someone is listening to this, most commercially grown sprouts are now highly regulated, mm -hmm. right? From a sanitation perspective, food safety, distribution, shelf life, and are safe mm -hmm. and good. The mm -hmm. primary difference between, to me, sprouting at home and buying sprouts in the supermarket or a health food store um, is the convenience because I grow a lot of sprouts mm -hmm. and I don't have health food stores nearby. And also the economic um, impact that, that if you were to go to, you're in LA, go to air one, a pack of sprouts is $5 and you could grow those for under 50 cents. Mm. So the idea that you could be growing this super nutritious food and knowing that it's fresher is great. So I think that the issue of growing your own sprouts has many advantages from freshness to economic cost. Mm -hmm. So the process of sprouting, and as you begin your journey again, the first thing I would say is use sterilize or sanitize your sprouting gear. 
right? Mm -hmm. So either wash it with hot water and soap or boil it, but you want to clean the equipment. So you want to start off, you know, with a very clear environment that's safe. Secondly, the seeds. I've done a lot of research. I'm partnered with uh, University of California on research around sprouting that the seeds could have bacteria or fungus on them. And by either using food grade hydrogen peroxide or white vinegar, glacial acidic acid, and soaking the seeds for five minutes in vinegar Mm -hmm. will reduce substantially the levels of bacteria or fungus that may be on the surface level on the outside. So you soak them for five minutes, you rinse them off. Then you take a glass vessel, a jar, a bowl, you add the sprouts. And it's one of the reasons I wrote the sprout book is because there's a lot of nuance, but we'll just take broccoli sprouts. For example, you soak them in water for five hours, eight hours, won't kill them if you go 12 hours, but between five and eight is the sweet spot. Then you strain off the extra water and you leave the jar upside down in an inverted level so that the extra water will drip out over time. And then you rinse the seeds and drain the extra water twice a day. And three days, five days, seven days later, you have perfect sprouts ready to eat. It's that simple. And and it doesn't take a lot of time. Like I've done videos where I'm like juggling four jars, eight jars, 10 jars, and doing my entire prep, rinsing 10 jars of sprouts in two minutes and twice a day. And in my large size jars that could contain six cups each. So in, in eight jars, I'm getting 48 cups of sprouts that would be hundreds of dollars worth of sprouts that I'm getting for a few dollars um, a day. And I'm getting these healthy sprouts. Wonderful. And for starters, you already uh, spoke about it before. What kind of a mix of seeds would you recommend? So people get, for example, the high protein variety and then varieties with other benefits. So if if you were to recommend, I'm just picking a random number of five different types of seeds, which ones would they be? So I I recommend lentils is a great place to start because they're so easy. They grow quickly. They're crunchy and they're filling right? Mm -hmm. So I like lentil sprouts. I think by far broccoli sprouts are the most nutritious sprouts from a level of medicinal properties. I'm sure there are others, whether it's radish or watercress or some of the others are incredible, but the ones that are researched is broccoli sprouts. So I highly recommend broccoli sprouts. I love um, the crunchiness and the texture of the sprouted garbanzo beans. They you can make sprouted hummus, you can make sprouted dips, or you could just eat them. They're dry and they're crunchy and they're delicious. And then chia or flax, which you could sprout on an unbleached paper towel or on a terracotta plate, like from the garden supply. And basically they those are gelatinous seeds. Mm-hmm. So they actually you can't rinse them once you get them wet they become like gelatinous and they stick together. But in a few days they sprout and then you're getting your omega-3s, but you're also getting proteins and you're getting chlorophyll as the leaves 
turn. So just super nutritious to be able to have it. So I would recommend having a garden variety of sprouts, whether it's broccoli, radish, or clover in one group, the lentils and the garbanzo beans as a protein crunchy, another group, and then the vegetable variety, which is the alfalfa, radish, clover, broccoli. And those are really the salad replacements. Those are like lettuces. They turn green, they're crunchy, and they're easy to grow. That sounds delicious. And so for people who haven't done a deep dive yet, how can we actually make sure that we're getting the best quality seeds? I think that depending on where you live, you want to search for seeds that are certified organic. You mm -hmm. can check the harvest date, right? And you want the, a lot of the seed companies are testing them for germination rate. Mm -hmm. So I think if you get the combination of organic tested for pathogens and tested for high germination rate, you're, you're pretty much good to go. Outstanding, Doug. And there's one question I just love to pick my guests' brains with, and that's with regard to practices that have enhanced their lives mentally, physically, or spiritually. Obviously, sprouting is uh, one of them. Is there anything else you can share that has enhanced your human journey? Something that someone can do anywhere in the world is meditation. So I'm a student of SN Goenka, and I practice Pasana meditation. So that's an important part, but probably even more important than the meditation for me was being in nature. Mm. I live in nature. I soak in natural waters without chemicals for an hour a day minimum. So that's so cooling and, and relaxing. And being in nature where I'm seeing the sunrise, the sunset, the moonrise, the stars. So being in that peaceful part so that like you talk about superhuman eyes, like mm -hmm. one of the things is that being away from other humans gives you the ability to recharge and get clear. Oh gosh, apps 100%. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so for people who want to connect with you or learn more about what you do, Doug, how can they do so and where? I'm on Instagram at Doug Evans, just D-O-U-G-E-V-A-N-S. My book, The Sprout Book, which this weekend hit number one, vegetarian cooking, vegan cooking, low-cost cooking on Amazon, so it became a national bestseller. Only took two years to get there. Congratulations, but, um, that is wonderful. Yeah, thank you. But my book is a great resource. And then I've, I'm taking emails for my newsletter, at thesproutbook.com. So you could just sign up there and that's a good place. If you follow me there, you'll be able to see some of the other shenanigans that I'm up. Fantastic. Doug, this has been such an inspiring conversation for me. I learned a lot. And uh, yeah, as soon as we disconnect here, I'm going to be in the garage and pull out that gear and I'll get inspired by some of the recipes also that you have shared. Thank you so much for um, sharing your wisdom with us. My pleasure, Ariane. It's a pleasure. And thank you for, for taking your time and investing your resources to help educate the world. So you're doing very important work. So thank you. You are most kind. I could not imagine any other way to live than to keep learning and to keep sharing. That's my heartbeat. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much. Superhumanize. 
Accelerated Evolution. 